0: The Download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Welcome back. It's season three and this is episode one. We kick off a brand new year for all of us at Channel 1450 and this is year eight for me at Channel 1450 and year five as a sports director. Before I get started, I just want to say thank you all for listening and being a supporter of Channel 1450. As we gear up for another fall season, these first few episodes of Season 3 on the podcast will be conversations with people I recorded earlier this summer when they had time and were available. We will get going with stuff after we start Pigskin Previews, and before you know it, we'll have soccer and volleyball games every night as we prepare for 14 weeks of football in the CS8 and the Sagamo. What's coming up on Channel 1450 on Monday and Tuesday? Next week, we will have our annual media video shoot with the neon sign. We have invited all 21 football teams to attend and a handful of soccer and volleyball teams as well. Once we get those shot during dead week, we gear up for pigskin previews, which start on August 7th with the pigskin preview hype video dropping on Sunday night, August 6th. All right, week one of season three on the podcast, we welcome in our latest state champion, Glenwood soccer head coach Jay Leip joins to talk all things coaching being a dad soccer and plenty more all right I'm joined this week by Jay Leip uh two-time state champion now um I want to start with uh, the simple question of how fast does a state tournament weekend go like do you get the chance to to really you know say wow that was crazy like how long does it take to really
1: soak that in as we uh look back on it now I. Uh- I've been very blessed to be part of a few of these weekends, and as much as I've tried to tell myself to soak it in and enjoy it, it still goes fast. Yeah. I mean, there's so much things going on, and as a coaching staff, you're trying to prepare for the competition, prepare for the games, but you're also wanting to make sure the kids have a great experience, regardless of the results. So, uh, it does go fast, and. And then then the days after it, there's always something. And so to try to take time and just... Like, I haven't even got to go back and watch the whole game yet. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to do that. I want to just sit down and watch the game and enjoy it. Um, But definitely, in the moment, it flies by super quick. There's something going constantly.
0: And I'm sure your mind is just, you know, ready for that moment of... Once that state championship game kicks off. Because ultimately, that's what you want to get to. That's the goal. And then... Like once that game happens, it's like, like you said, now there's so many different things that have to follow that game that you really don't get to think about that game that much,
1: really. No, I mean, we 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 win the game, and you're so excited, and I'm watching the kids, and that's what I love the most is just watching the players. And then you have a different dynamic this year with uh, within our coaching staff with Kyle having a daughter on the team, yeah. and seeing their interaction, and a, a really special thing after the games couple of the former players girls that you know taylor copp who was on our last state championship team and then caitlin sullivan who was on teams that finished second and third and she also lost in a super section. so to see them and and they're tearing up and their assistant coach they've been out of it for years yeah but to mean so much to them to watch that is awesome but at the same time I, I could soak that in this year a little bit those little moments Yeah. but it goes so quick and then the next day. Okay, we, well, maybe we're. there's life goes on. I've got four kids, and I'm glad <laughs> season's over. I get to sp- spend time with my wife, right. who's been holding the fort down, and, and see my kids again. But yet then there's maybe a – get asked to go to the school board meeting, or we got something else going on with the team, team banquet. we got to prepare for that. So, we, so it doesn't quite end just after that championship game, that's for sure.
0: Well, even after, you know, you get the medals placed on your head, you guys get the trophy, you take the team picture – then I'm sure there's a few parents that are coming out there saying, "Hey, uh, no offense, but graduation, like we got to get back." Like that right. obviously wasn't great planning, like schedule wise. But there's nothing you can do about that. No. Obviously, best case scenario is you win a state title and you get to take that back. But that's another
1: thing that you really had to worry about. Where it's like, man, we kind of right. got to get going. <laughs> and when we, when I, just, I went to this format and with two A, and like I said. Uh, If it first time it happened for us, it was a little bit more rushed and and what are we going to do? But honestly, again, we're very fortunate and blessed that we've been in this situation before. So we knew ahead of time and we could work. You know, Kayla Moody is our athletic director and Ryan Green and principal were great. You know, Brad Kais is one of our principals and had daughters on the team. So they helped to take care of arranging that. Just, coach, remember, once you're done, we get the pictures and everything. I let the girls decide. The senior girls, they all wanted to ride the bus back. Right. And so, we're, well, we're gonna stop at the BOS Center, drop you guys off. So they're getting ready on the bus. We stop at Wally's, they use that a little bit. But, um, so we knew that unless the game, I and mean, we obviously went to overtime, <laughs> so that added a little bit of time constraint to it more. Um, but even if we went to penalties, we thought we, we're gonna have enough time. We might be getting there 10 minutes before you're supposed to walk down the aisle. Right. But we knew we could get there barring a traffic accident or something like that. And uh, then it doesn't hurt to have some of these kids, their parents are police officers. Yeah. And so we get to Sherman and then we got a police escort right through the center of town uh, to get make sure they were there in plenty of time.
0: Yeah. And like you said, the, the opportunity for the girls, like, easily could have jumped in their parents' car and got back a lot right. quicker and uh, with air conditioned the whole way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. at, at the same time, um, I think you probably do understand that and, and that's why you thankfully let us give them a camera is moments like those are something that that makes it so special like obviously winning the game is huge and winning a state championship but to get to share that ride right. back to town right. is something that I don't think that they maybe quite understand yet but they will in five well, six ten years 100%
1: and we've had teams couple teams that they didn't they just seniors went back with their parents that was fine we always let them have the choice because i mean graduation is a huge thing yeah and so if they feel like they need to get back quicker or whatever whatever means necessary that was fine but i also like just exactly like you said the groups that we've had that we've gone back and we dropped them off together and stuff that's just with taylor's group in 2013 they just came back and were honored in the the hall of fame at glenwood and they were t- talking about things like that. Do you remember when we were riding the bus back and we had to get ready we got ready and we ran into the graduation? You know? And so yeah, that's playing in a state tournament in itself is extremely special and rare and a great moment, but then you add things on top of it like graduation and going in together. Can you? I can't imagine as an athlete... You come into your graduation and your whole student body and their families give you a standing ovation as you come down to present a state championship trophy to your school in that fashion i mean that's i don't know how it gets any better
0: yeah it's special i mean it's like you said yeah um i want to go to you know the past couple years with this team and uh i may be a little long-winded here but i think i I i think i can explain it um when people talk about you know the rochester football run Um, They talk about how they don't know if that really would have happened unless they lost that semifinal game the way they did in in 2010. And then um, I look at the example of um, Metamora basketball this year where they lost such a heartbreaker in the state championship game. Um, And then, you know, even SHG football, the way they lost to Joliet Catholic where they got their butts kicked, and it was like, okay, we have a chance to come back and do it. And then um, really for you guys, it's been just that, that triad game. Mm-hmm. And, and that super sectional um, the last couple of years where I mean do you feel like this group of girls really like obviously that was there in their minds the whole year but at the same time to go through that the last two years really may, probably made this a little bit sweeter that you guys were able to win the state title and do it the way you did and,
1: and beat Triad the way you did sure. I, I just
0: feel like that's kind of a, a something that really adds to this
1: story a little bit uh, I mean I think you're, you're right I mean in we had a team that won in 2013 and 2012. They got second with just minutes to play. We lost the game. Mm-hmm. And, had a, and that team had a core of juniors that from that time on the way home, they were talking about it. And they were, we get, we're we going to get back here and we're going to do everything we can to win. And so that drove their their mentality even more. And this team, the last two years, uh, losing to in the super sectional being so close, I felt... Uh, our seniors, when their sophomore year at Urbana, Triad was a superior team. Yeah, they were uh, super outstanding, and and we were fortunate to stay in that game two zero. Um, but but the,
0: you guys are still undefeated at that point. Like, yes, you're still a very good team. Like I agree with yes. you, and I think a lot of people would like take nothing away from Triad. I'm not trying to no. do that. I'm just like you know they just, were they go were good. That. Yeah, I
1: think we we had a great season, but they were just like another level. Yeah. And and deservedly so, and they beat us, and they went on to win a, a state title. Um, then that that next season was extremely disappointing because our senior group there; those are kids that have been for four year varsity players. A lot of those seniors and lost a year to the to COVID, um, and we felt that that game in our field last year was a state title, and I I still believe it was. And I think if we would have beaten Triad that night, I mean anything could happen in the finals. Mm-hmm. But we had. To just as good a shot as they did to to win a state title, and you know soccer is a cruel game. And there's days that was one of those games last year when felt like we were the better team on the field. They had a couple moments and they capitalized, and to their credit, and they kept us out. So the seniors coming back this year, you know, they wanted a, they want another opportunity, and uh, everything just started to come together. And each season, even though you have returning players, each season's different because. Triad lost some seniors from the year before. They're a different team. We're a little different team. But there's still that, I don't know, if it's kind of that rivalry in those moments the last few years. Um, so to beat them on our own field, uh, you know, come before the super sectional, you know, I knew Triad's a quality team. Those coaches do a nice job. But honestly, we talked as a coaching staff. We felt that if we could get that first goal, look out. Mm-hmm. because then our kids are going to – the confidence is going to flow because we felt that we had a better team this year watching video and things like that and the way we were playing. Um, and once, you know, Ryland got the first goal, I think that helped us relax more. Now they have to – they can't play as defensively, and we come out. And, you know, she had an awesome game. I mean, <laughs> to score five goals, I mean, she finished her chances. She When they were presented, she finished them off. And uh, um, that just – Helped us with the momentum going into the state tournament, I think.
0: Could you feel a different mood at practice
1: the day after that?
0: Just knowing, you know. So, yes, it
1: was almost, you know, kind of like the weight was lifted or, um, you know, we we worked hard to present ourselves with another opportunity to get to the state tournament and the fact that they won that. You could see they were just so excited. They were worn out because it was a hot day, tough game. They were worn out, so we had a recovery practice. But at the same time, that their adrenaline is going and they're excited. And we spent that day. We wanted we enjoyed the super sectional, but we wanted to talk about hey, these four teams of the state tournament. There's some quality teams, but we're we feel like we're let's not just settle for getting there. Yeah. And uh, we we had, had a good draw the first game. Um, otherwise, maybe if we if we draw one of the other teams who knows especially with Bennett that game could have gone either way they were quality they were a really good team
0: yeah. really physical just like you I mean yeah um, a real, really good compared and I think that was the best state championship yeah I, I mean I don't know about the other team but in terms of really good quality games like that was up there with what I've seen in, in girls soccer yes
1: yeah. Bennett they their coaching staff for years they're always quality obviously they've made it to the state tournament for several years um you know, yeah, they. we knew that they had certain tendencies when we were watching that night in the hotel and the coaches and, were, and the scouting reports we got from some people that played them. And the girls did a great job of executing what we, we talked about on the field. And then, it, honestly, that game, I mean, it was back and forth. They had some close chances at the end. Abby made some saves. Defensively, we made saves. But that's what it takes in a state final. Sometimes you just make those key plays. And I was very proud of our effort. And sure, but I'm disappointed if we didn't win. But if we had that same effort and they came out on top, I I couldn't couldn't fault our kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I that's one of those games. John Wooden talks about being successful where two teams play the best that they can play on that day. Regardless who wins, they are successful. And we talk to our kids about stuff what success really means. And that's all you can do is individually and as a team your very best that you've got that day and if the other team still wins what what else can you do and that was one of those games and I feel for that coaching staff and for Bennett because I've been in some of those games and where gosh it could have gone either way and you're just proud of your kids and their effort but they come out short and uh it's tough it's tough but I think down the road hopefully those girls and those coaches I know they're proud of their effort and and that just that game um but fortunately for us, we came out on top. Of that, you know, but regardless, I would have been proud of our kids and their effort. That was probably our whole collective effort for a full, and it was more than eighty minutes. You know, for a hundred minutes. I mean, that was probably our picked our best time to have it for the year. Mm-hmm. You know, with all of our games.
0: I I had an interesting conversation with um, Justin Fowler, the old SJR photographer, a few years ago, just about kind of. Um, our coverage and, and the way Channel fourteen fifty has you know not only you know covered teams throughout the season, but just kind of the, the way he put it was not necessarily put the pressure on teams, but really you know shine a light on teams to make to make them known. And I feel like um, this year, from the beginning for you guys, like when I came out and did the preview, and like all I could really ask them was like, okay, you know, what do you guys want to accomplish this year? Because it's really just been triad, super sec, like that's yeah. the conversation. And so I hate to put that on teams like that early, but like you talked about this, this especially this senior group of girls seemed, seemed very mature all year long and, you know, they're still 17-year-old kids. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, throughout the year, you know, trying to cover you guys as much as they can. And then, you know, it was, a, it was iffy if I was going to ask you to... If, if they could take the camera when you guys went to St. Louis. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, might as well ask. It doesn't sure. matter. And even then, during during watching that footage, um, a lot of their conversation was, oh, you know, when we get the camera back when we go to state, and it's like, that's, that's putting a lot of pressure <laughs> on yourself. Even then, like, it takes it takes a lot of things to go your way, and obviously these girls worked very hard, don't get me wrong, to say that they didn't mm-hmm. earn this by any means. But um, what what were your thoughts throughout the year on, you know, if if you guys didn't make state, was that a was that a bust of a year? Because I don't think that that's the case. Like I hate to put right. that pressure on you guys, right. but at the same time, I feel like they almost earned it because of how good they've been and what these girls have accomplished.
1: I mean, it, it would be uh, it'd be disappointing if they didn't, but I don't think it would be a failure. I honestly don't. If I felt like if we played, if we talked to them about all the time when we start down here and we want to be on a constant incline throughout the year, and just getting better, and we lost some quality senior players from last year. So to try to find a spot, how we're gonna fill in for an allegory who started for four years. for Ella Beeler, Ainsley Wilson, Gigi Yurovich and Gold. These kids played key roles for us. So now we've got to figure out we've got some talented players coming back. Um we had a couple kids not come out, you know, player move away, another player decide to run track. So we've got to find some spots, um, so throughout the year it's just trying to develop that team and get become the best we can become and yeah i know someone would talk about we get to and we try to remind them well f- we have to get there first mm-hmm. you know there's no skipping any steps here because anytime along the way you're going to run into each level you're going to run into more quality opponent and quality coach teams you know so we weren't i know as a coaching staff we didn't feel like we had an easy path to get there we had to still do the work right and um uh, but you also like to see that from your kids. They either have that confidence or they that's that's that goal mm-hmm. ultimately to play in a state tournament, play for in the state finals. Um, and I think the time the time that we've been here and coaching, been very fortunate and it's been a blessing to have the talent of kids come through even back from you know, we had some great teams the first few years I was coaching that we lost in super sectionals to Granite City one year. We lost to an Altoff. Um and we finally broke through in 2001. And ever since then, it seemed like at least that class would get a chance to go. And so that kind of builds on itself. I think if you talk to Derek at, at Rochester with their football, even with Chad with some of his success with the girls and the boys, if you get some of these kids that may want to stay title this year, when that 10 years ago, they were watching our girls win the first state title or they were watching and they were at games and the classes before that and stuff. And so to have those goals – and that kind of that standard of play, because if that's what you want to reach, well, this is what they did to get there. This is what they were doing in the offseason. This is what, and so kind of, I mean, it really helps you as a coaching staff if you can keep that keep that rolling. And and obviously, in a public school, you can only take, you only get the kids. I can't go out and recruit a bunch of talented athletes. We we're very fortunate to have some come in here, but um, we have we lose our share for whatever reason or another at times too. And so. Like, so getting back to those girls and talking about getting to state, I mean, that's – we don't sit down as a team and set out certain goals like we're going to win conference, we're going to win state. We really only talk to them about being their best every day. We want to come the best individuals and best team we can every day. And, we talk, and so it includes off-field stuff too because I, I still firmly believe high school coaching is a part, a continuing part of your education in high school. It's not just about the sports. And I think sometimes we lose that nowadays, um, but we try to continue to do that with our soccer programs, boys and girls. And a lot of our coaches are fortunate here at Cleveland to do the same thing. Um, so our goals are just to be better and become a great team, be great teammates, and we have talent. We have talent enough kids that that a lot of times that turns into those runs, those deep runs, and and um, so they'll talk about it and things like that. But I think they they understand also that. Got to put in the work, and we we got to have some some breaks too.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about you know you know the 2001 team making it to a super, and um, you know just that standard of, of excellence, and you know even a sectional championship. Yes. Um, when you talk about the success, uh, I think a lot of coaches would say we'll take a sectional championship sure. every year. If oh, that's, sure. If that's the and you know and this is what I want to get into is when you're talking about a sectional, you're talking about how you have to beat teams like. Um, Pat Phillips, Chad yes. pitcher, um, Muhammad Seymour. Uh, and then you also talk about the conference, and you look at, at Mike Lindsay, and what he's built over there where they're playing first sectional championship just about right. every year. And then, uh, oh, by the way, I just won a state title yeah. in 1A, no big deal. Um, right. And so you talk about that's that's a handful of teams right there where um, you're you're going to have to get through them, and you're going to have to play them throughout the year. Um, what is that like to be part of the, the CSA coaching Soccer fraternity, where um, I mean, in terms of in terms of soccer here, if, if we're going to start counting uh, trophies in the CSA, the, the
1: soccer programs are, are right up there. With you know, yeah. talking about football, are you talk about anything else, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll tell you, the top half of our conference it's great because even even though like you guys in, in 1A, but you know, that's not going to be a walkover game, it's going to challenge you, and hopefully, we're challenged and helping them to get better. And you have some of the natural rivalries over the year with Springfield High and Rochester and SHG. And that only makes us all better. And when you're playing against quality teams and they have quality coaching, experienced coaches, it's going to test you as a coach. It's going to test your coaching staff. It's going to test your players. And that's going to make you better. You don't get better by just playing a cake schedule. Um, and that's why, you know over time, our non-conference games, we're trying to get the best teams we can get to play. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't go undefeated, I, we don't care. And soccer, everybody starts 0-0. You know, football is different. you got to win so many games to get into the playoffs. I understand that. But um, with soccer, it truly is using the regular season to develop your team to get become better and see how far you can go in the playoffs. Um, and there have been years. We lost. 2001, we made it to finish fourth in the state tournament. It was one class. We've had seven losses. <laughs> seven losses. Yeah. But we finished fourth in the, in the entire state, and it's just, you know, there wasn't two classes. So it's you have to determine as a coach, I think, ahead of time, we all want to win our conference. That's, yes, we all want to win every game. But it's got to be – it can't be at sacrificing the development of your players and your team. And um, and I think in the long run that you're going to be better off for it. and You want to try to – if you have this magic – there's no magic potion that I know of, but if you have this magic wand, you can wave over your team into where, at this time of the year, we want to be peaking. And I mean, that's you want to get that yeah. in the playoffs. <laughs> Everybody does, whether be whatever sport. And sometimes you feel like you've got a handle on that. You may have a few, yeah, we know, we do that. But it's not, an, I don't think it's an exact science. I mean, team chemistry is huge. I mean, just bad injuries, no injuries, things like that. So... Um, all you can do is use the season, prepare the best you can, and make a big run in the playoffs. Hopefully.
0: What is your thoughts on you know how good the boys and girls soccer programs are in the CSA compared to um, not only the state but just in general of other sports? Because I right. I feel like you know I kind of just thought about that on the way over here, but that conversation of you know CSA soccer wins two state titles this year, but I mean you guys have a handful of those, and Rochester has a handful of those right. where it's like. Okay, the the soccer obviously really good, and you know we we can talk about the coaches and Pat and Chad and Mike and all these guys, but like, yeah, it's it's like like you said, you're you're playing these teams throughout the year, and
1: that really makes your schedule good. I think that uh, some of us, if you look at some of the sports, and I'd have to, I don't know all of them, but look at the longevity of some of the uh, the coaches have been around. Yeah, Mike has been coaching for a long time. Pat in the in this conference around here, Chad Kucher myself um we we having that competition out there makes you but makes you better as a coach you know that these guys are striving to get their teams better and then so you have to continue to work figure out ways that you can help your kids improve and that just is you know that iron sharpens iron and that's it's true in sports it's true in life and uh you know i think that uh I, I, You have a good thought there. It would be interesting to look at the other sports and right. see a little friendly competition with between the sports and the conference, which ones have the most state trophies uh, comparatively. Um, but I think in general, Central Illinois, and a lot of the sports, if we step back and look, there's probably people in other parts of the state that would be pretty envious of us because you know, it seems like every year somebody, I mean, somebody's baseball team or somebody's softball team or Kids in track are doing, doing well in, in different things, basketball. So, um, But soccer, there's we can be pretty proud. I think the last downstate period, the last several years, I mean, I'm not going to kid you. There's a little chip on your shoulder. You can go play the teams from Chicago because a lot of times I've been a sectional coordinator. Pat Phillips is now. Chad's done it. When you go to these meetings and you're trying to promote your kids from central Illinois in our yeah. area, a lot of these guys turn their nose up and they don't th- know you. But the quality coaches up there know of the quality programs that are downstate, whether it be teams in our conference or the teams in the Metro East area, um, but there's still some of them that come up, you know, and don't they won't they don't speak they don't think that you play soccer. They know what is it, downstate. Those guys' kids are just farmers, aren't they? Yeah. You know, so it's kind of nice to see, you know, this year O'Fallon Fallon winning this three A title again, yeah. and us, and then Normal U High. Then a couple of years ago, I think it was Belleville Altoff and Triad. Uh-huh. And O'Fallon. So, um, yeah, it's not just one or two teams. I mean, it's really no, a handful down like, There's So, there, there's quality soccer. Now, the state of Illinois really has some, there's some very quality teams up north in the suburbs, obviously, too. But uh, th- there's some quality soccer to be played in, in our state. And then uh, I think a lot of the teams would do well playing against schools from Iowa State, too. Um, just a, kind of a little pivot. Um,
0: a couple of years ago, when you. Um, give the, the boys program to Kyle, and you know, now you're helping out, um, still assistant, so obviously you're there all the time. But um, what? how did you find that balance of uh, still being a coach and, and kind of being still a dad? And, and what was that process like for you, and how do you feel like that's really
1: developed throughout the last couple of years? Well, first of all, I think any coach I know I can tell you that I wouldn't be able to do this if I didn't have a phenomenal wife at home. My wife, Lisa played college soccer so she loves a game um and our kids are involved in soccer at, at certain levels and everything and but she she's able to stay home and, and keep track of things now my kids are getting old enough to where they're they're playing their own sports and doing things and so it makes it even tougher but as, when I stepped away from the boys program because they were starting to get older and it was just I want to be at their stuff too I don't want to have that all on my wife's shoulders. Um, and I wanna be part of it. And so for a few years there it was nice to get it I just wanted to get away from it, let Tommy Johnson and Kyle take it. I knew that they they were more than qualified to be head coaches. And um, it just happened to come around when Tommy moved away and, and, and Kyle was taking over, he kinda he just asked, he said, What if you you wanna be an assistant? What do you think? Hmm. Well now my kids are kinda old enough, my son's gonna be a freshman, so he'll be involved in the program, so I'll be right there and the, and the others are getting up an age to where it's going to be tough it makes it it's chaotic it was very chaotic this spring <laughs> kids my kids running track and then playing their own soccer and then i'm coaching soccer um, but again having i i owe my wife for everything yeah you know and it's not just obviously my being able to coach soccer but taking care of the kids and all that and if it wasn't for lisa Taking care of that, my kids wouldn't be the great kids that they are, and I wouldn't be able to continue to do this. But she sees how it's, it's important to me, and and I like to get them involved with it as much as possible. I can't; they haven't been able to because they're involved. The kids are involved with their own things, but as they are younger, they were always come to practice. They're always around the team, and uh, and they enjoy that, you know. And Lisa a lot of times would host things, and the team would come over. But um, it's hard to find that balance. You know, Kyle. We're having good assistant coaches help out, and like with coaching with Kyle is great because in the fall, you know, I said, "Hey, I leave five minutes early from practice." My son's running cross country now. Yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. We work things out with each other, um, and hope. And then the spring, he's got besides Lila playing, he's got a younger son that's into things. So we try to help each other out with all the coaching staff and make sure we're doing what we need to do with the team, but also family comes first and there's things that will happen good and bad that we need to make sure that our coaches are being part of their family and be part of that too Mm -hmm. and hopefully the athletes see that you know we want i know as a coach you have some kids that come from a solid family and they got a lot of support but there's also those kids they may have a single parent home they may be we've had some kids in the past maybe they're living with somebody else things have happened unfortunately there's no So hopefully our families can be an example to them, you know, and we can support them in that way too. But uh, it's difficult. It's difficult. And the new chapter will be now that Josiah will be a freshman and I'll be coaching with boys and he'll be, and to be actually right there with him every day at practice. And and it's going to be a great thing. And then it may be some difficult times too, but uh, that'll be a new new dynamic that I'm looking forward to. For you as a coach, um, I was in, State titles, wins, all that
0: stuff, uh, is what it is. But how long did it take you to to do like what you just talked about? To be mindful of the fact that you're not just here to win games; you're here to to really teach the kids, whether it be sure. the men or the women, to become men and women. And right. um, obviously, like I said, the the goal is to win as many games and all that. But um, what is your kind of philosophy on? how you approach really making these kids grow up and, and really understand certain life lessons.
1: You make me look back a long time, 30 years, basically, I've been coaching. Yeah. I would say when I first started coaching, it was more about, hey, gosh, we need to get better, try to win these games. I want to make it as a team. We want to make it to a state, try to be awesome, to be the best thing. But I was also, the Lord has blessed me in my life, My dad coached basketball, coached at Springfield High with Clark Barnes for years. My uncle, Rick Montooth, was at Southeast for a long time. I grew up among coaches, and thankfully, not knowing as a kid, but watching, just being in the environment at practices, sitting in the office when they're talking to kids after a game or practice, and being able to actually got to coach with my uncle, Rick, one year, watching those guys, how they handle the kids. And it was showing me that it's not all about the wins and losses, and actually showing me that it's a lot more than that. Um, You got to care for these kids on and off the field and try to help them navigate high school sometimes. And um, because not every kid has that background of support. Uh, So I didn't even know that I was learning those things. I just thought that's how all coaches were. And so I started getting into the area of coaching. Now I'm coaching with Tom Johnson, who what a what a guy! What an example to be under your first few years, as far as doing what's right and making helping kids the little detail things, learning you know the discipline, the responsibility, how you treat your teammates, how you act. All you know, it was a continuation of that education for me working with Tom, and then the, to me the, the th- big thing that God used to set it off in my mind, and He still reminds me every year. I got involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And we were at a banquet one year, and I can't remember which coach. I'd have to ask Kevin Elliott. And he was talking. He said, everybody who's a coach, stand up. And so we're in the, I don't know, it wasn't in the convention center. I think it was at the Crown Plaza. And we're all, so all these coaches stand up at this banquet, hundreds of coaches. He said, who's been co- anybody who's been coaching five years, raise your hand. And I think this was about my fifth year. Anybody, Ten years. Now, if you've done 20 years or more, 25 years or more, and so the numbers got smaller, but there's still a lot of hands. He said, think about how many athletes are on your team every season or in your program. So I'm thinking, well, soccer, boys' soccer, sometimes we have 50 kids in the whole program. Girls' soccer, 40 to 50 kids every year. He said, multiply that by the number of years you've been coaching. He said, think of all those kids. You're influencing that number of kids every year. And so I'm looking around. There's a guy sitting next to me. He had stood up. He'd been coaching 25 years. I'm thinking, I'm starting to do numbers, you know. And so each – and then periodically, you know, I've been fortunate to work with Fellowship of Christian Athletes and work camps and things like that and talk to these coaches who – they get it. They get it that it's not – it can't be about the wins and losses. There are some outstanding coaches that their teams will never make it – win a regional title. They may be in in an environment where they're just – they're trying to get kids to come out, so they're not – running around doing things they shouldn't be and success again is just getting them to be the best they can as be as a person and so through Fellowship of Christian Athletes and you know my dad when he was coaching he'd always have different books the story about Tom Landry John Wooden all these great coaches and so I'm as a kid I'm reading that stuff and things like that Um, and there that's a huge influence we use every year, um, for years, I've used, and Fellowship of Christian Athletes did a book with John Wooden with his Pyramid of Success. So we'll talk about the different building blocks and stuff. So what does this have to do with soccer? What does this have to do with you on and off the field? And hopefully, and listen, I, I don't claim to be perfect. I make as many mistakes as the next guy. Um, but I do know we've, I've had kids. It's really special when 10 years down the line a kid will send a letter back, Coach, I remember you talking about being competitive greatness with John Wooden, and this, and we were, i was coaching this team. We talked about, and so, just really early on, I guess to answer your question, Mike, I was very far, in the first few years of coaching, getting involved with FCA, and then that, I just remember this bank this guy challenging us as coaches: always remember the influence you have over these kids, good or bad, you know. And when you screw up, admit it. You know, when be you're you're just as big of an example to those kids as they are to one another, and so we try our best to to do things. You know, off the field, talk to these kids. You know, as they grow up, situations, how they how you handle it, and um, just what kind of person you are. And um, sometimes, as a coach, just like on the field, sometimes you you work it hard, and it's hard to see those results coming. Sometimes some kids. It's great. It's really evident right there. But even as a kid helping them to mature and as a young adult, sometimes they'll graduate and you're like, well, they graduated. <laughs> I, I pray for that. I hope he does, comes back and he does well. I hope she's successful. And sometimes you don't know. It may be 20 years, 25 years down the line, you hear from somebody and say, did you remember what Joe Smith, what, oh, yeah, he, he had a struggle in high school. Well, now he's running this company or he's got a family and he's got four kids. And, man, you're, you hope that something you said or you did with those kids clicked. And uh, to me, that's what the coaching is. It's just trying to be a, a positive influence for these kids because if, you're all, if it's all about your success, is all about wins and losses, you're going to be disappointed more often than not. And uh, even when you win, we won the state tournament, and it's an awesome thing. And watching those kids celebrate, I mean, there's hardly any better feeling out there to see that and see them accomplish that. But the next day, we all get up and life continues. And so if your joy is coming from winning titles, that's gonna be fleeting. I thought a great example was the the softball players from Oklahoma this year in that Mm -hmm. press conference. And they talked about our joy comes from the Lord. Our joy comes from our faith in Christ. And that we know that regardless of our circumstances, we're gonna be with him in heaven. As a public school coach, I can't have my Bible open and preaching to the kids but I can be an example. And, and we talk to them about, you know, find their, find your truth. What, what you believe in. I don't know where you go to church. I don't know if you even believe in God. That's fine. But as a person, you know, what kind of person do you want to be? And, uh, what kind of teammate do you want to be? So we, we try to do that kind of stuff. I know there's a lot of coaches out there doing that too and doing a better job than we are. And, uh, we just try to, we pick each other's brains at times, you know, um, about those things, I love nothing better than going to an FCA camp, sitting down with Tim Elliott, Jim Steinwart, Derek Leonard, some of these guys, mm-hmm. and hearing things how they what they do with their team, and it's not even obviously they're, they coach different sports, so it's how do you handle situations with kids? They've got kids going through this. What kind of things did you ideas and stuff, and uh, you know, that's that's what the coaching's really got to be about. And uh, you can get caught up in the in the wins and losses. And um, you got to be careful. You got to try to keep yourself grounded. Right.
0: Um, I don't want to take up a ton of your time, so no, okay. I'll wrap it up with uh, a question. Uh, as you as a coach and you as a dad, um, what, what advice would you give um, a parent of one of your players that, that makes them the best um, player for you and also the best parent for that team? Um, Because my daughter just started playing soccer, so I want (laughs) to be—I don't want to be the guy. Like, I don't want to bother the coach, but at the same time, like,
1: what advice would you give parents? Well, I think as they're really young, obviously, it's going to be hard for your 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 child who's five, six, seven years old or getting started. Encourage them, even at that age, to ask questions. It's okay. As a coach, I always love it. A kid has a question, how to do something, they don't understand it. Speak up, because as a coach, sometimes we look at a team. Even when they're little kids, especially, but even as they get older, and you look at them, and you think that they're getting what you're saying, or so, and they really don't, and they're afraid to speak up. But I would say, first, from their little, when they're younger, and again, I'm not perfect at it, even with my own kids. I've tried to encourage them first. And you know, if I see any of my kids, if they're not the best athlete, that's fine with me. I just want to see if they're going to play something or participate. Do the very best they can. The only time that I really get upset is if I I feel like they're just being lazy or they're not working hard. As long as they're trying their best and they're having fun, I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, I've tried to talk to my kid and say, listen, my son Josiah's going to be a freshman. I tell him all the time, Josiah, you want me to help you with your game? I'll be the first guy there. I'll spend whatever time you want. We'll work on it out in the backyard. We'll go to the school. But you're... 14 going on 15 now you, it has to come from you mm-hmm. um i see a lot of parents as much as hard as it is sometimes you can't it's almost like you're more competitive than your child mm-hmm. and you, you can't live that their life form you yeah. can't do that if you if you try to unfortunately i've seen some negative things where parents try to force their kid into a sport and now we're going to do this every we have no weeks off no time to be a kid yeah um and then I think, honestly, that probably hurts that, that father, uh, that parent-child relationship. And, again, I'm not an expert on it, but I, I've just seen it as kids come through. Mm-hmm. Um, don't force them into this this stuff. Support them. Be there if they want to do it. But also let them be a kid and be an encourager. Just just love them. You know, we talk to our parents at the beginning of the seasons. Let us do the coaching. If your daughter or your son has a question, we encourage them to come to us. We'll try to work things out. We may not always agree, but they just have to accept these are the coach's decision, and we'll try to help them understand why. And then as a parent, we just need you to be there for them and cheer them on, and when the game's over, put your arm around them, whether it's been a good or a bad game, just tell them you love them. Um, and that's hard to do. That's hard to do as a parent. If you're you're competitive and you, you're like, God, I just want you to get in there, get in there. I know you can do it, but as hard as that is, I think you just got to let the kids figure that out and just you know encourage them. Some kids are born with just a competitiveness that they they don't want to lose at everything, and that's to me that's great. I've my youngest son, he's one of the he's a poor sport right now. <laughs> yeah. He's ten years old. He gets beat and something doesn't go right. He doesn't like it. So we're working with him, Ezra. What's the right attitude got to be? That's that's not a good attitude. Now you got, If you don't like it, you got to work harder. Okay. Don't don't get discouraged. Don't throw fit. Um, then I've got you know, my daughter Grace is probably my most naturally gifted athlete in my family. But she just loves everybody. Yeah. And and if she doesn't win, it's okay. And then she just likes to play, and she likes that that relationship with those teammates. Yeah. And she's starting to develop that competitiveness. I see that. But I've got to be okay with that. I just, you know, as a parent, try to raise your kids to be the best kids they can be, and whether they, whether they're the best player on the team or they're the worst player, help them to have a good experience, you know. And as, as and dealing with the coaches, understand a lot of times that coach has got a family too; he's got a life outside of the, of whatever sport he's coaching. That's hard to remember sometimes. And sometimes it, it's I is their it. whole
0: job. It's no, like they're world. not
1: thinking the whole time <laughs> about your child and. And, I, and, you know, and as you get older, as a coach, there's this day sometimes you want to get everybody equal playing time and you want to do this. And there's sometimes you just don't, especially you get to a situation where now you're playing a varsity sport and they're trying, you're trying to win and develop a team. It's getting harder. I'll tell you, the last 10, 15 years, harder and harder to just get kids to accept the fact your role may not be the leading goal scorer on the team. Your role may be to push that girl to be a better player in practice. Yeah. And then as you come to become a senior, now maybe you have an extended role. And there's sometimes maybe even through four years, maybe you're not a starting player, but you can help your team and be part of that and have a great experience. It's a hard thing nowadays because in this day and age where a lot of parents aren't satisfied with this and they're trying to live through their kid, trying to get their kid a college scholarship, Division are yes. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinks they're going to get a college scholarship for sports. And I'm like, I tell them, look at the stats, look up the stats, how many kids actually play in college. Then look up even fewer actually get a scholarship to go there. You'd be better off to spend your time and your money helping them become a better person. Make sure they're a good student. Yeah. And their athleticism and their abilities are going to fall where they where they may. And those kids that are the gifted with the elite abilities to play at the division 1 level or even division 2 of good college, they're going to get there they're going to get there and you you'll you'll see that but it's some of these that just want to push their kids endlessly and when i mean it's okay if god gave you a certain amount of athletic ability and then you can be the hardest worker and dedicate your whole life to getting better and your ceiling may not be that high you're only going to get so far mm-hmm. you know you may be five feet tall and be able to be a contributor in basketball or your team, but you're probably not going to play in the NBA or even college level. You're only, there's certain things that you can't control. And so as, as a parent, it's hard to be objective, but to be step back sometimes to be as objective as you can and see what what gifts was my child given athletically? And try to encourage them and steer them in the right direction. But also talk to them, talk to your kid as they get older. Say, "Hey, do you want to play soccer again this year? Do you think you want to try out for this traveling team, or do you want to continue to wrestle?" Do that. Let them as they start getting older. Let them, help them to make that, that decision, and uh, and just see too much sometimes where they're forcing a kid to do something year round and travel all over God's creation, and it's like uh, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And, and I, it's probably not a popular opinion. <laughs> I've probably got a lot of parents that kids that play for me. That uh, kids quit playing. They they focus solely on soccer and they're traveling all over the place. Um, and there's only that handful of kids where that to play at that elite level and to put that much time in is going to really help them because they have God given ability that's going to take them to where they can play Division One or maybe they can get play have a chance to place in professional soccer, but that's like less than a one percent chance, and and everybody sees all this out there, and sometimes it becomes like uh, something for their Facebook page. I think the parents they can right. brag on and stuff, and it's like your your self worth as a parent that shouldn't come by how, what level of an athlete your kid is. Yeah, you know, make sure your kid's a, a, a good kid, and a lot of times if you just talk to them yeah. as, a, as a as a dad <laughs> yeah. and mom. As they get older, especially, talk to your kids and ask them. You know, I know there's times as parents we can't allow our kids to make every decision for themselves, right. but you sure can talk to them about it and and say, you know, okay, you're wanna, you want to play this high-level soccer or this high-level baseball or basketball. You know, this is what it takes. You're going to need to be putting X amount of time in because we're putting this money out there. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have all the answers for that, but... I can just tell you from experience seeing kids come in, I see too many kids that grid players and they play to the other multiple sports a lot of times and they'll give that up and they didn't make it any further in the game of soccer than they would have if they kept playing basketball, right. for example, or if they were a volleyball player in basketball. So you hate to see kids give up on that experience to make a more more rounded person and more well rounded athlete and you hate to hear the stories of the money spent (laughs) Mm -hmm. and traveling and some kids they just look worn out yeah they come to you in the spring and they've been playing you can hear well I've been playing in this team and I've traveled three days a week two hours for practice and we go to Minnesota one weekend and the next week we go. and they come in the spring and the kid just looks worn out and so as a coach then what do you do yeah so we've got to find a balance somewhere and that's not just in our area I think it's throughout our country I mean that's a topic for a long time <laughs> we've gone, gone off in a big tangent but as far as parents and our kids and sports talk to your kids let them be let them have time to be a kid they're not professional athletes and if the kid shows that promise then be there to encourage him to go and then try to take yourself out of it as a parent just be mom and dad and love them yeah. you know that's the best thing you can do way later on in life when they're they're not playing anymore that's what they're going to remember you know and that's the relationship you want to have and as hard as it can be, and its I mean, I'm not saying I'm good at it. I'm getting started, and it's hard sometimes. But remember you're their parent first. They, they need you there to support them. There's going to be ups and downs. They can learn through things for the rest of their life in sports. And as a parent, you can get, be right there and help them when those situations come. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's tough. I feel for you. Yeah. Your, your daughter's three? She's four next week. Four? So yeah. Yeah, you're just we just got We just got started. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it'll yeah, be fun.
0: It's 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 a lot of fun to watch her try to play soccer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I appreciate your time. Hopefully, you get some time to be a dad this summer and, and get some time off and go back and watch that game because it was a good one. Yeah, I plan on it. Appreciate awesome. it. Thanks for your time. All right, thanks, Derek. Thank you to Coach Light for his time and great conversation. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you next week.